Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is Vlado Bozanek, the founder and head of strategy at, this is, uh, you, you, you use uh, some abbreviation, right? AHI, but also known as Advanced Health uh, Intelligence. Really excited to have you here today. How are you? Jared, great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the chat. I love the accent, first off. Um, and uh, I mean, I feel like I should try an accent the whole time. So we're going back and forth. We're giving the audience, you know, something something uh, really it. fun to listen to. But we don't want well, to that to them. <laughs> I, I didn't think I had the accent. I thought you had the accent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Um, I didn't look at it that way before. But we're uh, really excited to have you here today. Let's uh, let's dig right in. Uh, please tell the audience a little bit about your background, and then we'll dig into um, your company. Sure. So, obviously, uh, as mentioned, I'm the founder of the company, Advanced Health Intelligence. I started the company back in 2014. Uh, prior to that, I've had 30 years of capital markets experience. So, I've been involved in everything from startups to well-established businesses, both on the funding side as well as the growth strategy side of those those organisations. Um, probably stuck primarily in the last two decades in health tech, med tech, um, all the way through from non-invasive to invasive devices, assisting companies and building companies that are uh, bringing things to the healthcare market in some way, shape or form. Um, one of the early entries was, and most people would remember this uh, back in the Clinton days when there was a real push to get um, needles that had retractable capabilities into healthcare workers' hands. So the needle stick injuries were reduced with the the increase of, of AIDS around the world and blood um, transmitted diseases through through blood. Um, so we were involved in that very early on and we were bought out. It was one of our early forays, if you like, in the healthcare, but all the way to the drug side as well. So primarily spent the last two decades, as I mentioned, in health tech or tech, med tech and so on. Along the way, the uh, Advanced Health Intelligence is a, a company born from an idea of mine back in 2014 uh, that today is a you know, what I call a ubiquitous health solution that we'll go into, I'm sure, in a moment. But um, from my side of things, I like to build things that other people have thought of or didn't know how to execute on. And, and a lot of times it's things that I've thought on and thought, well, I, I think we can take this to market and some win, some lose, right? You're not going to get it right every time but it, it helps you get the ones that you do get right, really right. And I think advanced health intelligence is one of those. So with advanced health intelligence, I usually always have guests. So give us the why, how, what uh, of, the, of the company. Can you kind of break that down for us in that order, if you don't mind? Um, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, so, so the why is, you know, our, our why is to create a ubiquitous health solution is what I mentioned earlier on. And when people think about ubiquity, it's to be ever present, available anytime, anywhere for anyone. And uh, the way we do that when you go into the how is that it's the mobile phone. And we, we have you know, 7 billion of these smartphones on the planet and people have them in their hands daily. We take them everywhere from to the meetings, to the bathroom, to the bedroom, you know, we don't let these things go. So we thought the best place to position our functionality, our capabilities was in that piece of equipment that sat in somebody's hand every day, day in, day out, and give them access to you know, a, a diagnostic capability through that device to be able to look after their own health, know if they're at risk, 
know how to triage that information into a care provider, a doctor, or even their insurer that is taking care of them through either wellness programs or health programs or medical programs. So the when you look at advanced health intelligence, and we've had a bit of an evolution, um, we do a number of different functionalities, which we'll dig into in, in a moment. But the primary reason uh, for the company is to assist in delivering cost-effective care to individuals at an individual level and, and get them into the care system appropriately when needed, rather than episodically when it's too late and it's actually immediately needed. That, if you like, that's, they're our drivers for the company itself. And, and on your website, right, you talk about enabling the future of ubiquitous proactive healthcare. Talk us through what that means, how you're doing that today. So if you look at our functionality, we do a number of things. We have um, a mobile phone-based technology. So we utilize the, the camera on the phone and not to identify you, um, not to do anything that is personally identifiably leaving the phone, but to give you that capability through the phone to a number of different sequenced events. And if we started with what was our primary product that we started with in 2014 and created uh, from there, and then we built, if you like, the other the other bricks on on the um, the capabilities of the functionality was our body scan. So we have a on device body scanning capability. Uh, we've been published for it globally with our functionality capability, accuracy, repeatability, and what we do. And that mobile capability is simply to sit your phone up on a table against a cup against a water bottle. Um, you step back into a predetermined area that the AI actually builds out for you. And you stand in that area front and side, images are taken and processed on device to give us 12,000 uh, data points across the body of measurement. We also do a, a calculation around body fat, and then we bring all of that information together and we give you a number of health markers that are not health markers that we've created in the sense of knowing what the wrong waistline is or the right waistline is for your height, your weight, your gender, ethnicity, but it's the ones that the, the medical fraternity, the science and research centres and you know, organisations like the World Health Organisation have done all of the heavy lifting over decades of determining where those, if you like, tipping points are in your health where you really should start paying attention to your own physical structure. And so what we've done is we've digitized those predetermined markers and what a doctor would look for when you walked into his office. And we've, we've done that in a digital way where we've given you a capability in the palm of your hand from your own mobile phone to be able to take that imagery. Importantly, which always people worry about, oh, if you're taking images of my body, where are they gonna go? They don't go anywhere. So what we do is we've built it so that it's on and in the device. We take those images with the device. They are processed on the device. They don't go to the cloud. And by the end of the process, which takes about a minute end to end, um, they're deleted. They're gone from the phone. So you can't even go back into the image area of the phone and have a look at those images to reference back onto them. We deliberately do that from a GDPR perspective and HIPAA perspective to make sure people feel safe in, uh, in those images being taken. Uh, the next part of our capability is we have a transdermal optical imaging of the face. And what we do is we look at blood flow and pigmentation change, and we're able to extract from that uh, over a dozen different um, indicators across the body. The primary ones that usually the medical fraternity, insurers, care providers and trainers are looking for are blood pressure, heart rate, respiratory rate, and irregular heart rate if it's present um, in, in the captures. That's a 30 second capture on the phone. 
And it's quite amazing. People think, well, how can you do that? And and really, it's it's quite a straightforward. Well, I'm not going to say it's an easy process, but it's a quite a straightforward process because your blood flow in your face and your pigmentation does change. Now, that can change according to a number of different factors. And we've, again, digitised the measurement capability of capturing those fluctuations through the skin because the skin's translucent. People don't realise that. Uh, just off the top of their head, they don't know what my skin is see-through. Um, and that translucent capability that the the uh, phone can grab using the right lighting, which, which is the, even the lighting we're in here today, um, gives us a capability to make those and take those readings. We also do a PPG score. We, we utilise the um, the finger on the back of the phone with the, uh, the flash and the camera to do a PPG score. And that's similar to when you go into a hospital and they clip a, uh, a clip on your finger that's got the, the red light inside it and it's reading, again, your heart rate, your blood flow, and it's taking a, a PPG reading from the finger. We do that in a, in a number of different sequences and different ways to determine different risks associated with type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and, and so on. And the, where we've positioned ourselves when you look at advanced health intelligence is we're really looking at where the bulk of healthcare is spent, and that's in that chronic disease preventable market where the lifestyles we live, the body fat we're carrying more and more throughout our years, especially as we get older, are bringing the onset of these diseases. And what we're trying to do is manage that risk. And how we would like to manage that risk is through an early identification capability. So we see the onset of that and the escalation through the use of our technology. And then we're able to get you into a, a better, if you like, program of life or a better pattern of living through our partners to make sure you don't hit that tipping point of being type 2 diabetic or having a heart issue and so on. So that, that is really where we live. There's a lot of different functionalities out there in the world with different organisations doing great things in healthcare. We have a sweet spot and that sweet spot is really looking for early intervention of risk. And, you know, a lot a lot has happened over the last, let's, let's say, year. I mean, over the last couple of years, right? But specifically over the last couple of years, just regarding, um, in general, the healthcare market, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, within your particular area within healthcare today, where the market's at, where you're heading and kind of what's next for, for your company? You have to look too deep to see how broken the healthcare system is, right? And that, and that's not country specific. It's sending um, governments broke. We're, we're looking at the, at an increasing age population. We're getting, sicker earlier but we're living longer because we have so much capability to treat so many things that are going wrong with our body so we're we're becoming more and more of a burden on the healthcare system i think if you look at anything that's changed in probably the last two or even three years is with COVID coming into the picture people are more aware of their health because they've been very much um, identify if they've got any ailments or uh, even looking at how they, they take care of themselves differently. And the lockdowns certainly got people into different sorts of routines on how they take care of themselves. And I think it brought down the walls. When you're looking at a technology like ours many years ago, uh, not even many years ago, COVID, just before COVID, there was a, a very different, if you like, view of giving up that personal health information what COVID did is it shifted some of the paradigm on people's concern about giving up that health information because they actually really want to be looked after. They want to be, uh, they want to know, they want to be in good shape and they want to be able to um, prevent something taking place. And it's even down to the, you know, the most probably unassuming side of what we had to do through, through COVID is just tap into a restaurant. So tag in because you, you couldn't get in if you didn't have your um, your vaccinations, you had to check things, you had to 
you know, there was all sorts of different apps traveling the world. I found that there were governments had different apps in every part of the world that somehow you were letting them know where you were. So if you came in into a contact site, they could actually address that and, and get a hold of you and things. So I think where healthcare has gone is the escalation of digital first is very real. The the escalation, if you like, of telehealth type practices where we're on, you know, you could be a doctor talking to me right now and asking me, you know, how am I going? How am I feeling? And you could be in the US like you are, and I'm here in Singapore today, and you can look after me. The tools such as what AHI has developed gives that capability to that doctor and the power of that that information uh, is in his hands because he can do this remote capability with us on those risk assessments. Uh, even on this URL camera that we're on now, um, we could be taking vital signs if we set it up today. I could be running my vital signs and having those on screen to show you what my blood pressure is, how excited I am to be talking to you today, Jared, and all those things, right? So it, it really, if you look at the healthcare system, it's terribly overburdened. They, they need to find a way to get the right people into the chain. They need to do it cost effectively, and they need to do it in a way where they're, they're, they're looking at the treatments and the ongoing care of these people without putting that additional burden onto those hospitals and medical centres around the world. And, and that's probably something the governments have always talked about, but it's never been so prominent, I think, as it's become in the last two years with COVID. And an example of that is in Australia, there were 720,000 telehealth consults between 2013 and 2020. In the first quarter of 2020, when COVID hit, there were 17 million. So that, that's a bit of a shift, right? And now if you, you take that across population size and capability, even into the US, you're 25 million versus 300 plus million, you start to get those numbers and work out the, the, the shift in healthcare. And the problem for that is that most doctors are so used to seeing you. So the functionality that we've created is if I walked into a doctor's surgery, what would he be doing to take care of me? First thing he's going to do is he's going to look at me and look at my central adiposity. What sort of weight am I carrying around my midsection? And he's already deciding right there on the spot what blood test he's setting me out for because that central adiposity really determines if you've got a type 2 diabetes risk, cardiovascular risk and so on because unfortunately the obesity side or the fat side of the body is what leads to so many of the, these diseases from our lifestyles and the, the fabulous uh, food we get to eat and the, the different kinds of alcohol we get to consume, whether it's a beer or a tequila. Uh, these are the things we get to enjoy, but it, it has a, a heavy weight on our, on our health. So then you'll want to take my blood pressure. He'll check my heart. He'll listen to my respiratory system. He's probably going to weigh me, ask me my height, do a BMI calculation, see where I sit in that, that side of things. So when you look at our technology and what we deliver is we give him the vital signs and we can deliver that remotely. We'll give him your waist dimension, we'll give him your body fat composition so we can replace BMI with a much more accurate, healthier way to look at well, what is Vlado's body fat, not what my BMI is. I'm Croatian, I'm heavy set, I'm an ex-bodybuilder, so I probably carry a little bit more muscle than a, a, another Caucasian with different ethnicity. And uh, that shifts that paradigm on B BMI. So he could get that calculation quite wrong. We know it's a flawed measure, but that's all they've had for 50, 100 years. So they deal with it. They work within those confines. If I can't see you, I'm going to say to you as a doctor, what do you weigh and how tall are you? Great. Do my calculation. How are you feeling today? 
well, I feel okay. I'm, you know, not the best, but what does that even mean to a doctor? Whereas if he can get your vital signs, he can then put that, that glue to that information that you're saying where you're not feeling great. So I think that's where the healthcare system, and I pivoted a little bit through that, that answer, but that's where the healthcare system's moving to. It's looking for a convenient way to deliver care um, in, in a cost-effective way. And that's all the way from big healthcare chains all the way through to the, the pharmacy groups now with CVS and the acquisitions, uh, the acquisition of Cerner. Um, you've got new arts being acquired last year by Microsoft, which they're applying into the, the medical health space for consultations. And primarily, not even primarily, I should say, but a really big push from Microsoft is to put that capability of that natural language processing into a medical consult so that the the voice, the rhythm of the voice and the, and the content that's being provided goes into this natural language engine and it pops out into the EMS or the EMIR of that patient so that the doctor with his horrible handwriting all of a sudden has some really good yeah. notes available to him about the consult. So there's a, been a huge shift in what's happening in healthcare and billions of dollars being spent by organisations to both have have access to large consumer bases and provide care to them. Well, uh, Vlado, I want to thank you very much uh, once again for for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast, talking about your background, telling us about the company. We wish you the best of luck and uh, can't wait to stay in touch with you to hear what what's happening uh, in the near future. Absolute pleasure, Jared. Thank you.